0: Love Talk Radio. In the mountain, on the valley, I beheld only God. And I start that over. On the mountain, in the valley, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted. Amidst the sparks of flame, I beheld only God. That's from Rabia the Mystic, a beautiful Islamic quote. Good morning, welcome to UROK. This is Mara, and Brian is on the other line. Brian, good morning.
1: Good morning. I just love
0: that quote. I do too. It would be nice if I started it right. This is live, folks. I actually have the ability to edit out, but that means we would have to do this before now. This is live. You're getting us straight. No script. Brian, please go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way we only have it with no script, because when there's script, there's no flow.
0: That's right.
1: And we are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent him who sent us we do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us consent to be wherever he wishes knowing he goes there with us we will be healed as we let him teach us to heal and I think that little affirmation that I like to say is such a wonderful introduction to the topic we're going to be talking about today, which is it takes courage to surrender to love. Because in those words is exactly what I'm saying, is that I surrender for the moment and I set aside all of my fears because I know that I'm not alone. I know that he goes there with me and i'm content to be in that place and i don't have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us you see when we surrender to that flow like we were talking about no script for this show when we to that flow and have the courage to just show up and to you could say repeat the words that we hear in our head and pass them on to you. Or hear, seeing the victim that's in our head, that we can then use words to describe to you what it is that we're seeing. When we can have the courage and the trust and faith to, of course, listen and then pass the message on, that is surrendering to love. And at first, it can be a scary situation. Because we're so used to having control of what we're thinking and what we're doing and even trying to control those around us so that we can make the situation turn out the way we think it should turn out. And this is kind of turning that table upside down and putting your hands behind your back, if you will, and saying, I'm taking my hands off the situation and I'm just going to flow with it and see where it goes. And as you'll see as this show goes on, as Mara and myself demonstrate to you, the letting go, putting our hands behind our back, and letting it flow, that this show will flow into a beautiful tapestry of artistry that we are not the conductors of, if you will. One of my favorite images to think of is life as being a grand orchestra in which God is the conductor of, and you're playing your unique individual instrument and sometimes you're playing your instrument because it's your time and then sometimes you're sitting back enjoying someone else's instrument being played and waiting for your turn to play once again and when we can learn to play our music with gusto when it's time to and then sit back and relax and enjoy the symphony of another instrument in the orchestra, then we can enjoy life each and every moment of the song. Because life is one giant song, if you will. And we all have our different vibration, which is a different tune, a different note being played. And when we allow it to be played and then we, shut up when it's not time to be played, if you will, and we listen, and then we play it again when it's our time, we can really hear a beautiful symphony. And to me, that's one of my favorite analogies of what life is. And if we look at the word universe, uni, meaning one, and verse, like in a song. So the universe is one song or one symphony. That we all have a part that we play.
0: Yes, and in fact that, my friend, is what the word Catholic means is universe. It uh it's our universal. Uh and it's been interpreted in a more dogmatic way, uh, to be a religion. But uh so whenever you hear someone say this is a very Catholic person, they're not saying the person is um catholic faith but instead are saying that that person has a, an eclectic believing all universal concepts of god are real and and i think that was beautiful what you just said brian i really agree with you that that life is a song or or as i guess there's a country western it's a dance too and the idea being that you know it takes all the parts it really does take all the parts in order for us to um reach out and um treasure and come to the true goal. The true goal in my mind is peace. It really is. Uh, Back in um, 1999, I wrote another book called Soul Talk. I haven't published it yet. Uh, Those people who buy my other books see on the back it says it was coming out in November of 2006 and it didn't. Self-publishing is expensive and I probably should have gone ahead, but I didn't. But um, And I pretty much give the other book away, Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. Any one of you can send me an email, and I'll send it to you. Look at my tagline on the profile page. But um, this one, um, I, it really, to me, talks about the surrender idea. There, there's a whole section on surrender, and this is the first one, February 2, 1999, Divine One. And these are captured in the form of prayers. It's a book of meditation and prayers. Surrender in most societies is a negative term. Yet surrender is the key to perfect peace, to union with you, to immersion in the light. Help each of us to let go of man's definition of surrender and accept the divine definition. Surrender is the utmost act of faith. Surrender represents a total committed belief that you are there, that you care, and that mankind can trust you. Teach me to surrender my life to my soul. Teach me to accept your direction and strive to be all that I can be. Teach me to be kind, considerate, honest, and trustworthy. Teach me to be the one you you and I envisioned I would be when you gave me this human form. I surrender each moment, each action, each care, each worry, and all fear to you in loving faith that you are there for me. I am your humble servant. Guide me in your ways. And I, if I were writing that today, the only thing I might change is I would say, "Guide me in your ways of love." And that's what we're going to talk about today: is the the idea that believing that there, there is not a script that man has written, but instead a, that we are each playing a role in a divine, ever-changing drama, and that there are no accidents, that we, everything, you know, happens because, the way it's supposed to happen. To challenge us to be at times the teacher and at times the students, but always to challenge us in love. To learn to be more loving and so yeah you're right brian life is a song each one of us is playing our vibrant vibrant note and together they make this beautiful symphony and mm-hmm. thank you thank you very much i know um if i can say folks I, I don't normally uh before we start talking about what's happening in our world i don't normally tout products but um i will Out one that has given me great peace and helped me in my surrendering. And as Brian said, as we talk today, we can each talk a bit about our experiences, and we'd invite you to call in at 646-595-3584 to share your experiences in surrendering. The product product is Neil Donald Walsh's Conversation with God cards. They... um, when I have felt my life the most chaotic, in other words, I had stepped out of, of my peace, I am usually able to go right back when I pick one of his cards. And I was going to pick a card today just for, to see what um, God was telling us about the program today. And to me, this is the core of surrender. Bless every person and condition and give thanks. So, Brian, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. I am just learning to surrender to each moment more and more and realizing that, and I spoke about this on my show yesterday, that life is an inside job. And the analogy I used yesterday, which I've used before on this show as well, is one of a rose. And when we notice a rose bush, let's say we plant a rose bush and watch it grow from the beginning. And the stem the stems start to grow. And then all of a sudden out of the stems, out of the side of the stem, a little bud starts to pop out. And then the bud begins to expand. And as it continues to expand, you notice that the petals start to open up and start to separate and start to bloom. And when when the rose finally comes into bloom, you see the very center of it open up and you can see the bud once again and the beautiful fragrance that comes from that center and the beautiful imagery and the whole feel of the complete rose itself with all the petals and all its unique textures and colors. And to me, that's exactly how life really works. It's from the inside out. And as we go within our center and tend the garden, if you will, and abide there, which means to live from that place, then our life around us starts to bloom and the things that show up in our lives we could say the things that become attracted to us are a representation of how well we are staying in our center and so to make that shift in life like the like what we're talking about today about surrendering to love and of course like the affirmation I said there at the beginning is that when we go about our day and we keep our focus in our center as we are living our day, we find ourselves in a place of peace and a place of love and joy. And from that place, we can always respond properly to situations in our lives. And instead of being part of the problem, if we're noticing a problem, we can instead be part of the solution. But you can't be part of the solution if you're locked in the same frame of mind as the problem. And so by being in your center, you could say you're dropping below the surface chaotic level of the problem and dropping down to where you can see the solution. And when you're looking at the solution and being from the place of resolution, you can then have a positive effect in that situation rather than continuing to prolong the problem. And you can see it from another level. And of course, as we all know, once something is known, once you know the solution, there's no more fretting about it. There's no more worrying about it because we can think to ourselves, when we know something, and you know what the outcome is going to be, then even if you don't like the outcome, you still know what it's going to be. There's no really worrying about, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm worried about the outcome. But when for surely we don't know what the outcome is going to be, we can come up with all sorts of scenarios in our head as to what the outcome might be, and we're just drowning in that whole pool of unknown, and once we get to the known, then at least there's resolve in that situation because there's no more mystery involved. And if you will, when you're sitting in your center, although you can't know truly how any situation you experience is going to unfold, you can know that it will be a peaceful one, at least for you, because you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you're in your center where you are always... That you're always balanced, you always have your equilibrium, and I don't know about any of you whether you've gotten car sick or motion sickness or you've had your equilibrium taken away for a little while. things can be discombobulating, and that's a wonderful experience and analogy for how it is when we're running around with a, a, a like a chicken with our head cut off, and when we get into our place of balance, our place of centeredness then we can walk anywhere and not be knocked off our center. And to me, that's what the beauty of surrendering to love does for you in your life. And then from there, that radiates out to or from you to everything you come across. And it acts like a little homing beacon or like a dog whistle that is so silent to some. But as we tune ourselves in, we remember it and hear it and are able to recognize it and then respond to it. And that's the gift that we all can do for ourselves and for the entire world if we so choose to do it.
0: Yes, yes. I think the process, um, I think you probably agree, the process is not something that happens overnight. And I caution people about praying for patience because you'll get all sorts of lessons in life that enable you to learn patience. Uh so but it I will tell you that it is an evolutionary process. It's not something that happens immediately. And by way of example, most people don't even have time every day to many people when they wake up in the morning just don't say gee thank you love for everything just the way it is that's really the beginning right there in my mind there, there's very many core places but blessing every person and condition and giving thanks is thank you for everything just the way it is wow i mean because that means do i really want to do that do i really want to thank love for um what's coming up that may be negative negative? Yes, I do, because it's in that negative experience that I I have lessons in love, lessons in staying in that core peace that Brian's talking about. But in the beginning, as many of you know who are, uh, some of you are beginner, beginner meditators, some of you have been meditating for a very long time. But when you first start meditating, it's not uncommon for your human thoughts to intrude in your divine peace. And so... Um, I've known people who will say to me, well, I, I, I really gave up on meditating because I couldn't keep my mind calm for longer than five or ten seconds. And my response back was, well, keep trying. Five or ten seconds is better than no second. Right? Don't you agree, Brian? You know. Oh, yes. Uh, in fact, you <laughs> must
1: keep, continue on to make to extend it.
0: Exactly. And you just keep working. And, and, you, and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like a work in progress. <laughs> you know? It's just a work in practice mm-hmm. where you're moving yourself through the, the all of the steps, all of the parts until you come to a place where um you are comfortable in yourself and and you you, I call it a walking meditation. I like to think that pretty much I live in a walking meditation now. It's, uh, it's fairly easy for me to reconnect. And, and even this last week I was seeing some of these experiences that Brian is talking about and just choosing not to thrust myself into them. But you know what? I have another set of cards here, but unfortunately I don't know what they are. I don't know who made them, but it said, uh, this one uh, This one kind of puts it together. I don't need to use my experience. Now, we can talk about what happened this week. I'd be honored to do that with all of you, uh, where I found that I just wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to become emotionally invested, and I tried to stay positive about things that were being told me, but I also made it clear I wasn't going to become involved in the negative energy that surrounds because it's the negative energy uh, that pulls you away from your peace and this card is so cute i wish i I don't know why i don't know what they are i don't say boxes is the problem but a friend gave me these and this says i won't put those unwanted ingredients in my pie i think they're affirmation type cards then i flip it over and it says imagine yourself as a chef in an extremely well-stocked kitchen where there are many ingredients that are not appropriate for your creation, but you feel no discomfort about their existence. You simply utilize the ingredients that will enhance your creation, and you leave the ingredients that are not appropriate for your creation out of your pie. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what it is. It's, It's saying, okay, now let me look around, and we can't give you a magic list of what's going to be important in your peace journey. We can tell you it's a journey. We can tell you that five seconds a day is better than no time a day. That uh, We can tell you that as you move through the process, you learn to silent your thoughts. And then there comes a place where you begin weaving love or God into your thoughts. And so even though they they crop into your mind as you're meditating, I used to say to people, just take those thoughts and put them off to the side. You know, just take them. I guess maybe I would probably still say that if somebody asked me that question. It's just been a while since it's been asked. But I would say, okay, you know, gee, I've been more, Mary, I was, you know, I was meditating for 10 minutes, and my gosh, some people say 10 minutes, that's, Impossible. But They were saying, I was meditating for 10 minutes. I know people who meditate for days. but uh, And he, then suddenly all my work thoughts started coming in. I said, well, you know what? They came in for a reason. You've invited them back. So why don't you take them off and put them off to the side. And as you lift them knowingly away from your mind, like you're pulling a, a package out of your head, you say, okay, you know, divine one, love, God, Allah, Yahweh, whatever word you use, God. You know, Jesus, to describe the light. You say, I'm going to set these over here, and I'm going to believe that when I'm finished meditating, you're going to give me an inspiration on these. And the reason they came into my mind is because uh, you wanted to remind me, alert me to the fact that you will be giving me divine inspiration on these topics. Wow. Suddenly, you know, you're moving it away from your mind, you're setting it over on the side, and now you're able to extend your meditation again. And the same thing can happen in a half an hour or a, an hour, however long. I, um, you know, I once met um, a lady that I think is a really good spiritual leader. Her name is Chris Grissom and Grissom, And she's out of Santa Fe, down by Santa Fe. It's Gallus, ah, where is she? Yeah, I think it is Galiseo. She's out in the desert where they have the... Uh, Shirley Temple was one of her students. And um, I think I have a little dog out here. Excuse me. If you can hear him, I'm going to open it up and let him come in. Come on in. <laughs> anyway, um, she, said, she made the statement that uh, somebody asked her, it, she does these fairly large meditation practices, and somebody said, well, how long do you meditate every day? And she said, oh, Sometimes three seconds, and sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes she's a five second person. She, I think she said sometimes five seconds, sometimes five hours. Just depends on what's moving you. And so you don't get there immediately. It's a journey. It's a journey. So, Brian, how do you have any experiences that happened this week before we go into centering um, that you feel? can, in a concrete way, talk to people about life experiences where you were able to use the principles bit you were talking about earlier to uh, stay with your peace?
1: Well, there are many incidents in my life that give me the opportunity to do exactly that, one of which is many times I find myself because I find myself as being helpful to other people, that I start to take on this persona of being the helper and almost going out to find poor souls to go help. And I find myself at times almost trying to push myself upon them because I know what's right or whatever. And so I find myself having to Stay back if you you will and what I mean by is not necessarily separate myself from them but rather when I'm there not have an agenda up my sleeve that I'm going to pull out and use on them when I want to accomplish something and rather find myself just staying back relaxing more and being at peace and being happy with exactly what's taking place regardless of what's being talked about or whatever, and just enjoying their presence and enjoying being with them as a person. And that's something that I've been doing more and more in myself, and that's something that I came across for myself, obviously by paying attention, but also found it across when I was meditating. Because sometimes when I was meditating, I would find myself having thoughts about, going to a particular place with a particular set of friends and how the scenario was going to play out. And that's never a productive experience. And so when those thoughts would come along, I would have to send them along and say, I'm not going to spend my time on that right now. And so I find that in meditation, it really can be used as a, beacon of light, if you will, like shining a light, because you're giving so much attention to the meditation that you're doing, that you are paying attention and you're aware of the different thoughts that come into your mind. And because you're attempting to not connect with these thoughts and not let them pull you along, but rather just observe them, you can then get a kind of a second look at how you think throughout the day and so you can then say and and therefore become aware oh I see what I do and you really learn yourself you learn more about your thinking patterns in meditation and then of course by taking it from the air of observing rather than just being the thinker then you get to see it from another area, and you also get to, in a way, control it. But instead of saying control it by saying, well, I'm just going to get rid of this thought and replace it with another, you control it more so by just simply, again, putting your hands behind your back and letting it go. And meditation is such a wonderful and almost necessary function of changing your emotional and the way you feel about your daily life and those people around you in your daily life. And so I would definitely, definitely encourage everyone to spend some time meditating. And like Mara said, you might have some trouble at first, and it might be frustrating. But if I handed you a magic pill and said, take one each day, and eventually you're going to become enlightened, and you start taking the pill, and a week later, you said, nothing's changing, I'm going to stop, but this was indeed the pill that you need to keep taking, but because you allowed your frustration to override the fact that the pill would eventually help you, and you put down the, we could say, and I use this word and this term very loosely, you could say that this is the, necessary pill to take to become enlightened, but because you're allowing yourself to become frustrated, you're denying it, then you're not going to get there. And so you must work through the anxiety or the frustration that comes along with first starting to meditate to slow your thoughts down. And eventually, it it will be easier and easier. It's kind of like if you were at the top of a mountain and you had a big boulder that you wanted to push. And because the the boulder is standing still, and it's comfortable where it's been, and it's been there for thousands of years, it's going to take a lot of force to get it to start moving. But as you finally help it break free from its stable positioning, it starts to loosen up, and with a little bit more momentum, you get to move a little bit and a little bit more, and eventually, it picks up a little bit of speed. And then once the ball starts rolling, it takes off on its own. But you got to spend, you could say, more effort at the beginning. But the more effort that you give at the beginning, and when I say effort in this sense, all I'm talking about is continuing to do it. You have to be persistent in your meditation. And you have to let go of the idea that you're not doing it right. Because... the only way you're going to learn to do it right is through practice. So you must continue to persist in your practice of meditation to finally get that stone moving enough to where it will pick up momentum itself. And like Mara talks about, is that she says she finds herself in a place of moving meditation now. And when you become so familiar with meditation, when you do sit down and spend the time to meditate, it does become something that's with you all the time. And you could say it's a frame of mind. And then you're walking all about in a meditative state. And a true meditative state, just to announce this, because this is important, a true meditative state is one of paying attention. Instead of having all these insinuous, incessant thoughts in your head taking up your attention, when you are able to get all those thoughts out of your head, you can then observe everything. And you could be like a computer, if you will, taking in information. And you just take it in and take it in. You don't process it. You just take it in and observe it. And the more you take in in life, the more fulfilling life is. Because if you say that as you walk about life, you're either joining with life or you're blocking life from coming into your experience. And the more life you block from coming into experience, the less fulfilling it is. And the more of life you let in, the more full you are, so the more fulfilling your life becomes. And that's the shift that takes place with meditation. You start to have fulfilling experiences in every experience that you have. Yes,
0: yes. This last week, I... um when I came back from Santa Fe, I think I mentioned, uh, you know, that I felt a change in myself, and I, I'm seeing that that that's starting to take shape. And uh, let me give you all an example of of the process of, all right, maybe looking at the world through uh, rose-colored gla- glasses or stepping past judgment. Um, most of our listeners know I'm a lawyer, and I. Um, and my area of specialty, if, if I don't know that we're allowed to use that word, but the area of expertise, let's say, is labor law, and I re- represent employers. And so it's not uncommon when people come to me, they want to start talking about this employee, and it doesn't take long before the conversation moves not only from the employee's poor work performance into the employee's character trait. And on some level, your character traits are important in the workplace. But this weekend, or this week, somebody came to me to talk. Uh, first of all, there was someone that I didn't want to work with, and I had pretty much communicated that, and it actually found a lot of peace since November by simply keeping my distance from that person. And um, suddenly I was being, you know, thrust in a position where I was going to need to work with that person closely on a fairly consistent basis, although for a limited period of time, and I said I'd rather not, just because I knew for my own peace my experience working with that person. But when it came time to deal with the issue, I made a decision in myself that I would stick purely to the business reason and i would not become involved personally in this negative pejorative assault on her character and and i i recognized that i understood who she was she might not be someone i wanted to be but i understood that she didn't think highly of herself and the last thing she needed was me from my position of authority affirming you know these things that were not positive because she didn't believe very many positive things about herself i i reached the conclusion this week that people who talk bad act bad are controlling are righteous are demanding always wanting everything their way can't see anything and i'm not saying these are Lighter. i'm trying to think of negative traits and you can chime in if you want listeners and brian but whatever it is you know demanding overbearing whatever words you want to put those people just don't feel good about themselves because if they did they wouldn't be that way people who talk about how great they think they are i don't think think they are great or they wouldn't be telling us all they'd be letting us see it So, with that decision made, I made a knowing, and I'm going to tell you, not an instinctive, uh, I just made a knowing decision to preserve my peace, that I wasn't going to talk about this person as a person, but simply the business reasons. And then, so I'm moving through, and I do that, and later, um, one of my bosses came by and said, you know, that I had taken the high road, and I Thank you. You know, I'm here to serve, not to get involved in that. But then said, well, but I I need to know, and and now this person is back on the plate again, and I'm being offered a second opportunity. To talk, not to look past her. Or I'm looking. I offered a second opportunity to judge her. And I said, you know, I don't want to talk about this person. And then, well. All right, okay, I understand that, but do you think, and now we're appealing to the personnel analysis, do you think that this is a personnel issue that we should address? Now I was kind of trapped, but I was able to just passionately say yes. I think it is, and I think you should talk honestly about it. But, you know, and so now I'm not identifying, and I'm stepping past becoming involved in the entire drama and losing my peace by being personally a part of it. So whether you talk to her or you don't talk to her, it's probably a good personnel decision to talk to it. I suggest you talk to the personnel manager. Now, that's not to say that I might not have a role in it in the end, but it is to say that I made a knowing decision not to talk, what is that, shit (laughs) about somebody. You know, I made a knowing decision not to, and so I, I kept my peace. And there have been other times in the week. There's been mistakes where I could have just gone out and uh, reacted aggressively, and in the past might have, but instead just said, you know, let's look for a solution today. So I fixed we fixed the thing to that day, and then the next day, you know, I want you to understand what happened here yesterday. And that legally every procedure is important. And we kind of sidestepped procedure. And we were able to fix it, but we need to keep that in mind. And it's that approach of not trying to take and literally disembowel someone in order to be right. That to me is example of letting go and letting God take care of even if you're right that the person may have some personality issues or even if you're right that it's a mistake that could have been avoided, once it's done, once the person is formed, now you have to let God. And the beginning is you're treating that person with the dignity and respect that they deserve, even though they may have these other character traits. And so to me, in our daily life, there are practical ways when we deal with one another, curbing our tongue, curbing our pen or our typing fingers, curbing our communication and, and looking for a place of love to come from. And that is active. Brian is correct. That is staying alert so that you are breathing. That's the key. That's that's the source to be with God is breathing, pulling in the energy, thinking before you speak, thinking before you speak. Friday we started the vacation uh, uh, love school, and we spoke on the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. I changed it just a little, and I had in the beginning was love. Love was with God and love was God. Well, how do we deal with our words? How do we try to lift people up? Do we focus solely on our own ego, our own um, accolades, our own recognition? Or are we willing to step by? And I think that's what we're being told when we're told we're enough. We're enough, you are okay. It means you're okay. you're okay in God's eyes, so you don't need to say anything to take away from someone else in order for you to be okay. You're okay. Thank you. Um, Brian, I think I went on a little bit there. Excuse me
1: no, no worries. Thank you.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I think we're
1: at a. Pl- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that's the whole point of this show is to speak from our experiences we're actually having, and you could say the aha moments that we're personally experiencing, because that's what we're here for, Mara. We both have talked about it many times before, is that we're here to be helpful in any way possible, and the most way we can be helpful is to be practical, to ourselves and to our listeners, by being open and honest about experiences that we're having. thank
0: you exactly oh you're welcome and and folks we aren't we aren't professing to be saints here i will tell you i'm not a saint i think that's why i'm in the place i'm in and why i'm on the radio right now and is i'm not a saint but it's interesting my entire life i have known that no matter what i did god would love me and that's what i want to help you now that absolute certain peace that if you rise to the occasion, or you fall below what's expected, you're still loved just as you are. You are enough, and God loves you. You're special, Brian. With that note, would you uh, like to lead us in a meditation? And uh, let's—I'm trying to look at a path at a um, music here. I, I prom—I say this all the time, but this week I finally have finished. Uh, contract negotiation. so I think I truly can find us some new music but for now I uh, let's use um, I say it all the time but Daniel Kopiak is Pathless Journey for our meditation and then we'll close out today's program with the journey by Lisa Lynn and George Tortorelli but if you would lead us in guided meditation and centering Brian I'm going to uh, put on Pathless Journey
1: I would be honored to. Thank you. Thank you. Like we've been talking about, listeners, it's very important for us to spend time each day in meditation, which is, of course, just observing what's taking place, not judging what you see, not fretting about anything that you see, but rather just taking in the information. And once you have information, you can then come up with something, if you will. You then have information that can be used and processed to have at your disposal, if you will. But when you don't know something, then you don't have a chance to even include it as a possibility. And so as we spend this time in meditation... Let's just observe how we're feeling now and how we're feeling afterwards, how we're feeling during, what thoughts we're having now and afterwards and during. And let's just spend this time in observation, not judging and just taking in the experience. So let's close our eyes and begin to breathe slowly and deeply in whichever way is most comfortable for you whether that's into the nose or out of the nose or into the nose and out of the mouth and the one place I want you to keep your focus throughout this meditation is to be relaxed At any time throughout this meditation If you do not feel relaxed in any way, you feel tension or tightness anywhere in the body. I want you to use your breath to breathe in and send healing, loving energy and breath to that place of tension to help break it up. Like introducing a sick to a pond that has been stagnant. As you move around the water, it begins to break up and loosen up and begins to flow once again. And this is how we can use our breath in our bodies. So let us do that now. Let us take in a deep breath. And as we breathe out, instead of breathing out, I want you to send the air to the crown of your head. Sending this fresh air that you just took in up into your crown chakra to the top of your head. And every time you breathe in, you're filling up your lungs and sending more air, more healing energy up to the top. Feeling the fresh new energy expanding inside your body and forcing out all the stagnant, stenchy air and the tense, negative feelings out, down your body. And as you take another deep breath, you feel the cleansing, fresh air expanding down into your throat forcing all the negative air and energy down and this forcing down that energy is not really a fight but rather every time you take a breath and fill yourself with new fresh energy it makes room for itself and it helps to move the negative energy down and on your next breath You now feel the fresh energy in your chest and lungs and heart area and down into your arms. As you take another deep breath and you breathe into your body some more, you feel it down in your solar plexus and in your stomach and in your hands. Another deep breath Breathe the air into your body and feel lighter and more relaxed in your buttocks and pelvis and hip area. And with another breath, sending the air down into your legs, into your thighs. now as you take another breath send the air down into your knees and into your shins and calves feeling yourself relax more and more feeling the negative energies move out through the bottom of your feet now as you take another deep breath you send the air, energy down into your ankles and into the tops of your feet and down into the ball and into the toes sending out the last little bit of energy and now on this next inhalation as you're taking your breath I want you to take in a deep breath and send this air all the way from the top all the way down to the bottom of your feet in one exhalation After you're done with this breath, I want you to relax and just observe how you're feeling. Just observe your body being relaxed, being at peace. Observe how your hands feel. Observe how your feet feel. Observe how your face feels. And as you go about observing your body, giving time and attention to each area, if you feel any tension, I want you to use your breath, taking in a deep breath, and sending the air to that one area, helping to move the energy, helping to loosen that area, helping to become more relaxed. And again, as you're taking another breath, any area that you might find tension, spend time there caring for that area and helping it to move energy there. And as you do this, if any thoughts arise, I just want you to become observant of those thoughts. Even a thought of how you're feeling and how wonderful the feeling is. Just observe it and know that you are the one feeling what the thought is observing itself. And you don't have to identify with this thought, but just notice it. And any other thoughts that come along, just notice them. And notice how your mind works how it goes from one thought to another, and how the thoughts are chained together, and how one thought leads to another thought, leads to another thought. Just observing them, so you can be familiar with your particular thought pattern. Do not judge them, do not become discouraged by the thoughts themselves. just allow them to be and in your simple observation of them you will know what your thought pattern is and whenever you become conscious of something you then automatically have the steps on how to change but when you are not aware you have no chance because you're not even aware that change is necessary but whenever we become aware of any situation we've already taken the first step and we need not beat ourselves up over becoming aware of the problem because a problem is only a problem when we're not aware of the solution and the moment we become aware of the solution the problem solves. Now I want you to bring your attention back to your breath. Feeling with each inhalation, your lungs expand as they take in a breath. And with each exhalation, feeling your lungs releasing the air, feeling the blood pulsing through you as you feel it, more oxygen. Just being with the feeling of this moment now, becoming familiar with yourself in your center. And the more you become familiar with this place, the easier it will be To return here. And now let us take three. Sorry about that listeners. My cell phone on up on me.
0: Oh, okay, so you're back on again though.
1: <laughs> you know? uh, this is this is great with the switchboard. I was able to call in and answer my own
0: call. <laughs> yeah, because I had my eyes closed, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you were I excuse me for laughing, you know, but I'm glad you no, were No,
1: it was just, I guess we've only got about four minutes left in the show. So we I do. guess <laughs> end to our meditation
0: (laughs) yeah and you know what it actually ended well Brian because it sounded like you said and let us take a minute to be free and just to have that minute my friends to remind ourselves of how long a minute is thank you Brian for the wonderful meditation I want to share with all of you that if there is anything that I would um, say I learned this week It is that as the week came to closure for me, I recognized that unless someone's conduct is having a direct impact on me, I let go and let them be who they are. I'm not going to allow them to awaken something negative in me. So if it's no impact on me, and if it is an impact on me, I say it once and then I'm done. Because I'm not going to give up my peace because of someone else. And that is probably the most valuable lesson I've learned this week in peace, in, in taking that rock that was inside of me and thinking that I wanted to control someone else. And on some level, that's kind of what Brian was saying about having an expectation when he was there with the people instead of just relaxing in the joy of being with them. You know, it's just letting it all break free and realize the only person I have control over is me. No one else.
1: Now, I have a question for you, Mara. Yes. Is that something that you think you might have just come to in this meditation?
0: come to the realization yes um it is a realization i had on friday and it is something that you provoked the meditation provoked me to remember yes it's a realization i made friday i hate to use these words because i care very much but my thought is i said twice i don't care what you do with this person Hmm. those are your choices i'm not going to get caught up in this I'm not going to be a part of moving it forward to a conclusion. Is what I was saying, because in mm-hmm. the process of moving it toward the conclusion, I become part of the chaos. Mm-hmm. And yes, that the real. I did use the words "I don't care" on Friday, and the meditation helped me understand today why. So I, I very much appreciate it. You know, it gave it, it. It it caused it to crystallize because I wrote it down as we were meditating, so I could say it before the show is over I'm going to tell you what uh, we've got one minute left I want to p- I'm going to play Hello Myself, Hello Light because to me that's what it's all about that's what the piece is about this celebration Namaste until next week Brian, do you want to say Namaste before I turn this on or do you
1: go ahead and turn it on and I'll just give this listeners one last conclusion here and that is you see the beauty of the meditation how in the observation of our thoughts to see them from a different spot and come to wonderful conclusions like Mara just did. So be diligent in your meditation and don't get frustrated with it. Your frustration will pass and you'll find yourself finding more and more solutions in your mind. Thank you all and see you next week. Thank you, Mara. Okay.
0: Please Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Take care, our friends.